I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So, Ruthie, how are you doing for uh, Quirk this week? Because we're a total Don't lack really of... Don't have any Quirk. No Quirk again. That's two weeks running, a total lack of Quirk. I'll tell you another joke. Which isn't one of mine again, so okay, go feel on. free to laugh. This is I don't laugh. I don't not no, laugh at your jokes. You did, because, yeah, we did all that last week. There's a, an American comedian called Dimitri Martin who I saw on, he was on that uh, James Corden chat show in the States. And he said, I worry a little that sometimes I, I tend to overthink things. Or do I, though? It got big laughs on the James yeah, Corden no, show. Yeah, it's funny. It's mildly amusing, isn't it? Funny-ish. Uh, funny-ish. Should we, uh, should we start? Yeah, let's. It's episode 33 of Ruthie, Me and My Dad. The age Jesus died. Really? 33? Mm-hmm. Is that the same age? Is that like Kurt Cobain and all those people? No, that's no, 27. 27. 27 Club. It's like Amy Winehouse club. and Kurt Cobain and... 27 is the club. 33 is Jesus. It's a club on his own, isn't it, in many ways? Well, no, he started a big club. A big, big club, isn't it? Major club. Uh, Now, you're getting used to speaking English again because you were just saying today you're doing quite well with the English now because you've Mm -hmm. been sort of speaking French for most of the past week. We've had a lovely little French girl staying with us uh, all week. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's come back today. Yeah, she's left. She's left, yes. And it was interesting, you noticed I was speaking a bit of French to her. Um, <laughs> Just random words in the middle of sentences, Well, yes, mostly. but when I, when I was asking her if she's uh, ready to eat, I would say, prête à manger. Uh, <laughs> so that's a really good French expression. Prête à manger, uh, I read this morning, has uh, put some pork sausage in uh, their vegetarian breakfast. I've never had a, it. No, well, this was uh, by a, a mistake. Uh, an office worker said she tucked into what she thought was a veggie pot, only to find it contained pork sausages. A little bit of extra flavour for They're gross, though. Have you seen those pots? No, I haven't. They're just like all the stuff that you would have in like a breakfast, but they're like, it's like shoved into a pot. It's not my thing. I like. I don't like any of my foods to touch my other foods, ideally. No, I've noticed, Ruth. Uh, and that's another thing I noticed about, the, if we're looking at uh, differences between the French and the British, with your um, friend who came all the way from France and stayed with us and been eating with us for the past week, not fussy about her food like you are. No, none of the French are fussy. No, she she had everything that was put on a plate and she almost cleaned the plate, whatever it was on the plate. And uh, No, none of the French are ever and fussy. And if you offered her more, she said, yes, please, I'll have more. Yeah. 
Something I want to take up with you, Ruth. You uh, failed to warn me about downsizing. I said, I said, oh, the film, the film. Yes, I was watching. I saw it on Sky, and I thought, oh, downsizing. I've never seen that. So Matt Damon in this film. I thought this looks quite intriguing. Shrinking these people down to five inches. Mm -hmm. I I didn't realise it was just going to collapse and get so amazingly pretentious when they went to Norway. Yeah, it gets. It's it's really good premise. Film. You should. No, it's quite good. No, it's good to watch, and it was interesting. It's good to watch, but it does get hour. weird. Oh, ridiculous! Mm-hmm. Ridiculous! And I suspect that at some point they looked at it and they thought, "Wow, we better edit this a bit, whatever." And because of all the editing and because of the way they restructured things, it ended up making no sense whatsoever. Mm-mm. The character of the Vietnamese cleaner is very weird as well. Very weird. It's like almost a comedy comedy character, and then it's not, and it's it's weird. But good premise well you should have said to me good premise but don't bother with it because it just goes completely off the rails like so many films do the the premise that's written down on the back of a fact packet is okay but then the the film just Mm -hmm. completely loses its way so I've got another thing like that Mm -hmm. The Circle I don't know whether anyone's been watching it but we said a week ago that it is really great premise and stuff but just has turned into another kind of big brother boring reality TV but show. Are talking about but it now. Yeah. This is what I move on to. So I wa- I've watched the whole series, I've watched all the episodes. And it's a re- it's really, really good. Why? What, in what and respect? it just gets much better. Um so it's slowly become more popular. And Alex won it. Alex but who was playing Kate. Alex was the one who was the major catfish in the whole thing. Catfish? What's catfish? Catfish, someone who's pretending to be someone else online. Alright. Is that a well known expression for Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex, who was the the sort of main culprit of catfishing, was the one who actually ultimately ended up winning it. I don't know what made it so much better. I guess just that the, the people were nice. It was the people just seemed to be the same as the usual. They, but they weren't. They, they, they weren't the at all. The first episode that I watched with you. So this is what I'm saying. The first episodes were the first three episodes at least were very just like watching Towie or Big Brother or something. But as it went on, you realise that these people were slightly different and as people came in and got voted out and they they voted on people's popularity and it rather it wasn't a public vote which i think is good i think that oh it wasn't a public vote so people weren't voted out no so they the other people in the circle voted the others out you had to do a rating of their their popularity like oh how much you liked them or whatever what was and it purely you were judging uh, how you liked them on what they'd put on the internet on the circle on um, but you could also chat with people within the circle. So basically, however they wanted to portray themselves, which is obviously a really interesting idea in the modern world and stuff. And but so Catfish won, and I was reading in the Guardian, maybe. Maybe the Guardian, yeah. And it was saying yes, a Catfish won, but the circle. So, but the circle. It's hard to say the circle <laughs> shows, but the circle shows nice people can prosper on TV. Um, and then Alex, who was the catfish who won. £75,000 or something? Yeah, so he won fifty grand, which is the prize money that they all were trying to play for, and then he also won an extra twenty five grand, which the public got to vote for someone to win. Right. That was the only part of public voting in it. See, what I heard about it was that this particular series wasn't that brilliant, but because people are now finding, the even people who didn't watch it, mm. are now finding the premise quite intriguing, the next series will be a big success. Well, a lot of people were saying it's kind of a bit like Love Island, but just a bit higher brow. The start of it, you were like, this is rubbish, this is just a bunch of people shouting at their TV, like their TV screens, not interesting. But as it went on, it got 
a bit more gritty it was yeah. better and better and the cali- the character of Alex who ultimately won it who was like this really really nice guy who kind of set out to prove I can be the most popular person he was a really great character and also the way he felt guilty about being a catfish and they they also wrote like real catfishes set out to humiliate and dominate exploiting victims for kicks in the circle they set out to win some cash sure but also not explicitly to fool but rather to experiment with or escape social labels in the finale i think what to me made it almost uneasy but also more interesting was that the catfish won and not only because the other people in the circle had voted for him her but also because the public had voted mm. for her for extra, knowing that she was a catfish. And they were in, I think it was the eye. What I took was from the finale was that we had been played just as much as Dan, who was the main victim of the catfishing. Um, it was a weird and easy ending to the series, and I think that's entirely to the circle's credit, and I think that's what will make them get a second series, and they've also been in talks with like Netflix and stuff, so... Mm. I think it'll get more interesting. And I've got a new word now, catfish, which I, which I never knew before. As you mentioned uh, television, uh, Ruthie, I'm reluctant to go back to Bodyguard, but there's a, a fair amount of controversy over the fact that if you... I know you didn't watch Bodyguard, you saw bits of it, but you know weren't familiar with it. But in Bodyguard, all the major high positions, like the Home Secretary, the Chief of Police, even some of the police snipers and so on, they're all played by women. The point I was about to make is... People seem to sort of want it two ways. So now you've got these people who are who are in top positions who are women. And Daisy Goodwin, who wrote Victoria, remember, which we enjoyed mm-hmm. so much. Daisy Goodwin is now saying, well, it's not really realistic. Well, she's right. It's not really realistic. So she's claiming that the BBC is sort of, if you like, airbrushing the situation, which makes it unreal you know the if you watch bodyguard you would think oh women are doing all right they're in all these uh, yeah. top, top positions so yeah it doesn't solve anything but you can't have it both ways because you need the role models but the balance needs to be there still yeah it so. shouldn't be just a token effort difficult though for the for the bbc or anybody who's putting on uh, a drama on tv but just have like because just have 50 percent of the high-powered jobs <laughs> as women they were a bit of advice for the bbc Now, uh, you've uh, enlightened me on what catfish is. Uh, Something else you might... (laughs) Catfishing. Catfishing, yes. Something else you might be able to enlighten me on is uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. What is it? ASMR. ASMR, it's it's usually called. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly... I think it's just really people making videos usually, but there are also some, like, podcasts, I think, and stuff, of doing, like, things that sound really nice, and it's always really soft, so it might be, like, whispering, or it might be, like playing with something in your hands or something like that and it um, and gives just, people like a tingling sensation like yes, a good heard that, like a good tingle not like a bad one yeah but i don't see how it does i mean it I, doesn't to me i mean if you listen to it no i just read do it, you want me to it, do it now oh can you do it go on then well I don't know whether it's... Is it like a... It's like a rude thing. I don't think it is, is No, it's it? not a rude thing at all. Not going to what I've read. It's, it's, it, it doesn't... It's I've listened to some of it. It's people doing sort of odd tasks, like yeah, yeah. folding sheets or... Yeah, know, yeah, that as well. Margot Robbie spreading Vegemite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But personally, when I listen to it, I just, I just find it boring. Yeah. But some people, it really helps them sleep or relax. See, when we could virtually do the same thing here... Yeah, we can do... 
You have to be really close to it, though, so that you can hear the... It would be irritating, I should think, rather than relaxing. But what I'm saying, if we just kept quiet, and we could just hear the buzz of a <laughs> if we could hear the buzz in the background, in the background, in this suburban, sunny afternoon, we can, from time to time, we hear hedge trimmers going. Yeah, but moves. no, we've said, most likely is a lawnmower or something, but also could be a like a murderer on the loose. A chainsaw. Yeah, we can just about. It's coming up to Halloween as well. Yeah. Now you've got some uh, feminist stuff, so we'll uh, move on to that. Feminist stuff. (laughs) Well, we'll do the feminist stuff in a minute. We'll just do the uh, do the emails. See, this is what happens. They always say they'll get to the feminist stuff later, but they never do. We will. We will. Just look at some of the emails. You you were saying last week about our demographic, largely Mm -hmm. male. Immediately as a response, Jennifer Pawley got in touch with us. Unless somebody... A female. A female email. Unless it's somebody catfishing. Uh, She says, hello from Prince Edward Island, Canada, which is an actual island. Oh. Yeah, and two smaller islands. It's sort of north-east of Canada. Wow, you know a lot about Prince Edward Island, Dad. Is there some reason why you know all this? Uh, Dr. Google gave me a little bit of help Oh, did he? Uh, I'm thoroughly... Anyway, she's thoroughly enjoying the uh, podcast and says, keep up the hard work and healthy debates. Not that she'd call that a particularly healthy debate. David Sharrett says, another crony. I know you complain about my cronies, but he says it won't be long until Ruth has her own cronies. Judging by the last two episodes, which were bang on, bang on <laughs> the, uh, the ones before the last two just don't even bother yeah as for They're the one part. as for the one after uh, ruth's take on the bible and transgender guide leaders juxtaposed with a fast food debate was refreshing i don't remember what i said about the bible no i don't remember either uh he said i know it's not a request show but what about 20 seconds of talking heads we're ahead of him we did 20 seconds yeah of we heads. did yeah if you'd have listened to more than just the last two you yep. know. Uh, amazing music, he says, talking heads. I agree with you on that. And it's not the Beatles or Sainsbury's Basics. And uh, he says the Twitter video promos are a treat to keep them coming. So he likes, I know you're not keen on doing them that much. No, but, I hate them. But they're good. They look good. Uh, and Barry from North Wales says, uh, I consider your podcast to be purely educational. Huh. Yeah, it's his. Purely? Ma- yeah, he says it's like entering a new world. I'd place myself somewhere in between your ages, and as such, previously I didn't know what a Kardashian was, and now I'm keeping up with them. So, somewhere in between our two ages and didn't know what a Kardashian was. Well, he says, I thought Love Island was some kind of seedy holiday resort. As it turns out, I was right. And he says, I know now that when I say less, I need to take a step back and consider whether the word I'm actually looking for is fewer. Uh, I now know that if anybody offers a different perspective to mine on any situation, I can respond with three little words. I could just respond with the words, ah, you say that. Uh, and it was one of my catchphrases, isn't it? Is that your catchphrase? Yeah, you say that. Oh. When you come up with something, I say, yeah, you say that. Which, I didn't realise you said yeah, that. Well, he spotted it. But there we go. Cool, but he spotted it. Um, I know. I, I now know that generations are either being labelled or indeed labelling themselves with tags such as millennials or Generation X. How stupid I feel, having never previously identified with my generational code. Oh. He hasn't got a generational code. No, he'll be Generation X. Generation Ant, X, yeah. yeah Ant and Deck and Ed Miliband. Ant and Deck and Ed Miliband. Let's do that feminist thing you had. Just throws it off to Let's do that feminist thing. Right. A book came out this week called Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies, and it's got a lot of traction. Have you heard of it? It's um, like a culmination of lots of different essays and stories Com- and little bits. 
What did I say? Culmination. It's a culmination of a lot of people's hard work. It is. You can be a culmination. I was getting there. Were you? And the bit that I focused on, not focused on, I've not read it, I've not got the book, <laughs> um, is Keira Knightley's story about childbirth. So it's the actor's blood and vomit soaked description of giving birth in the book will be familiar to any, but is being buried by accusations that she is trying to shame other women, um, especially uh, the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton. Right. Because she says that it was wrong for her... Well, not she doesn't say it was wrong, but she says that it sets it an... It sets an... Yeah. What's the word? Unachievable precedent for her to come out with lipstick on and high heels. She wasn't... This is soon not, after giving birth. Yeah, like, it was like four hours, wasn't it? And she does. She didn't have a problem with someone putting on lipstick or whatever afterwards because that would be anti-feminist in itself. But she has a problem with the expectation that that's how you should look. I think is what she was saying, and just the idea that she says um, hours after you've been physically torn apart, you're expected to walk out and look perfect and have all the happy, warm feelings of motherhood. And she says it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not sure that people take it that realist, take it that seriously. Well, I think you know people know that she's a royal, and you no, know no, she's no, got no. But I think women, and... I think women do. Oh, I'm not sure they do. No, the idea that you should be happy after you've had a baby. The idea you should be happy. Now, that's a different thing. That is, we're talking about a psychological thing there. But when you see the, you know, I don't think, put it this way, I don't think the Duchess of Cambridge can be blamed for that. I think it's a different, no, she, different no, thing. No, but she, that's the whole point, is that she's not trying to shame other women, but she just was criticising how other people looked at it. That's why it's been unfair to Kira Knightley's article, because it's been very by the fact that people think she's trying to shame women when that's the opposite of what she's doing. No, I'm not saying she's trying to shame women. What I'm saying is that... But she's not being judgmental either. She was just... she was All she was saying was how it made her feel. But, you know, once, once you've brought up the example of the Duchess of Cambridge... You're obviously that's what the press are going to uh, going to see yeah. on because that's you know that's publicity and, and people when they see the Duchess of Cambridge come out with the you know you know hair beautifully done and lipstick on they know she will have makeup people and uh, hairstylists yeah. etc. I think also the royal family is a show, isn't it? Yeah. it's a show. But I think also that well, she was talking about how she was like blood and vomit and amniotic fluid everywhere and stuff and she had a particularly traumatic birth which a lot of women do have really like awful horrific stories where they have post-traumatic stress disorder and stuff that when people ask you about what it was like to have a baby you're not meant to say any of that stuff you're just meant to say oh my gosh I just love my baby so much yeah you you meant to forget about all the pain because of how great the baby is but that's not fair because you can't ask women to just forget about pain no, but there again, I would have thought that just for your own psychological well-being, you don't want to just keep going on about the blood. Yeah, and yeah. No, and I hear for fluids. for um, like your mental health, you should definitely not talk about things. Well, no, for your mental health, you're probably better off uh, accentuating the positive. I think by and large, your mental health is really. Healthy. Yeah, I would have said to so. just push things down and not. Not necessarily them. push things down, but well, yeah, because that's how people—that's when people end up with really terrible, like post-traumatic stress disorders when they don't. Well, like, again, there's probably a ba- probably a balance. There's probably mm, a balance. Yeah, you know, maybe. I'm inclined, uh, in a way, but straight to, after you've given birth, to be expected to just say how great it was and not mention any of the bad stuff. Well, speaking of someone married to someone who's had four children, I, I don't think that was the expectation. You know, I remember. I don't think you can really know that. Unless no. you're someone who's either given birth or 
is about to no, give birth. No, obviously you can't know exactly what childbirth is like, but I know that the overwhelming feeling of your mum was knackered. You know, absolutely yeah. knackered, and it was a real ordeal. And, and I don't think I think you're being very. Uh, I think if you're if if you're a bloke and somebody says and you're asked what childbirth was like or what you thought your wife's impression of childbirth was, you'd say absolutely knackering. You know, most guys are sort of like saying can't understand how anybody can give birth, give birth because it's such a a difficult thing to do. And if you're there at the births. Uh, as I was, you'll know exactly how overwhelming and how knackering it is. See, yeah, precise, precisely, uh, gross. Uh, so you'll know how you know you know all about blood and vomit and amniotic fluid. So I don't, yeah. I don't think we need to be told by Kira Yes, she's an actress, and no, obviously no, it's much worse for no. actresses than it is for anyone no, else. No, 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 that is not what she's saying at all, and it's unfair to put that on her. What all she was doing is from a position where she can contribute to a book and she can say her, she can say her opinions. To for other women to look at it and be like, oh, maybe I'm allowed to say that actually it was really hellishly awful. And nobody's the slightest bit surprised if, they, if they've been, if they've ever... Yeah, but how often do you hear people talk about childbirth in the public eye? All, all she's doing is the same thing that Kate Middleton did when she walked out. Take a short break and then we'll uh, do the music. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I've brought a bit of a golden oldie for you uh, this week. Um, when I say it's golden oldie, I'm playing this to... He's just brought himself a golden oldie. Yep, I'm playing this because it's uh, the 100th anniversary coming up of... The war? Yeah, which war? Uh, the... 1990. First World War. First World War. It's the it's the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day coming up uh, next month. Mm-hmm. So this song was written in 1915. Became a hit not during the First World War, but during the during the Second World War. And the, the interesting thing about it is it's a German song. And, oh my uh, God! The British troops. It was a hit with the Germans, but then the British. This is I'm talking about 1942. Wow! It was a hit with the Germans, and then the British troops uh, adopted it, and it became a hit uh, with the British troops. You're as not well. really like, meant to say like Germany when you're talking about a world war. It's kind of like Voldemort. You know where you have to be like the he who you know the one who shall not be named or like you know who. Right. Well, you know who? Um, I think that's only for Hitler, isn't it? For the the actual the, no, 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 the whole of Germany. The whole of Germany. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know who uh, adopted this first because it is a German song, and then it was taken up by the British troops. So let's have a listen. For der Kaserne, vor dem großen Tor, 
steht eine Laterne und steht sie noch davor. Dort wollen wir uns wiedersehen. Bei der Laterne wollen wir stehen wie einst Lily Marlene. Who's Lily Marlene? Well, I'll tell you if you want. Uh, it was. Uh, no, 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 no. It was sung by. You don't want to hear it. No, no one ever goes, I'll tell you if you want. And then the other person just goes, nah, no. Nah. It was uh, Marlene Dietrich singing there, fine uh, film star. That was a woman singing? Yeah, that was Marlene Dietrich. She sounds so mannish. It's probably just the German there. Yeah, well, it's, we don't do a lot of stuff in the German language, but that was uh, that's a, just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song. Um, it was a love song. Became uh, It was written in 1915, uh, published in 1937, and um, it was first uh, published as Das Mädchen unter der Lantern. Catchy. Yep, which means the girl under the lantern. It's just a love song, basically. And uh, Lily Marlene is just a girl under a lantern. Oh, how romantic. The, the troops loved it because it um, it had that sort of yearning sound, if you like. Yeah, you know. I get you. Because yeah. they were all away from their, precisely. their people. Precisely. Marlene Dietrich, she moved to the States in the 1930s, around about the same time as uh, Billy Wilder and several other Germans. And uh, during the war, she became an American citizen, renounced her German citizenship. Mm, and, I should think so. And did, did help uh, Jews and various dissidents to, uh, to escape from Germany. It was strongly rumoured she was uh, bisexual. Which was sort of ahead of its time in the 40s and 50s. She carried on making films right through till the early 60s. Wow. Really. Yeah. Big, big she, long career. Big long career, and that is probably her biggest hit ever, I would have said. It's oh, fantastic. really? She also did a version of Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Do you know that song, folk song? Uh, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Oh. In if German, I say yes, will you not sing ever again? In the German version, it's Sag mir, wo die Blumen sind. Again, so catchy. So my song is by Cirque. And it's called Everybody Loves You. Everybody loves you. Now I need no way. I don't work that way. Cause I was built from concrete. Cause I don't hurt no more. Cause I've been getting no sleep. What's it all for? Soak, what are you telling me about Soak? Soak is the girl. Uh, she's called Birdie Mons Watson. It's just what one person is. It's just what, yeah, just one girl. Um, she was born in Derry in 1996, and um, Sirk's music has been described as a vivid portrait of teenage deep thinking right. by The Guardian. Um, she released her debut studio album Before We Forgot How to Dream in May 2015. This came out on October 2nd. That's definite, and it's her first thing out since her debut album. Good. Oh, it's good. It's nice. And, and is 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 she popular? Um, not really, but she gets quite a lot of hits on like Spotify. Hits, views, listens, listens. She's not really, really famous, but she's quite like Radio Six music. I've got some bad news for you, uh, Ruthie, and this is a headline from the Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not funny. Dad jokes are back in fashion. Apparently, as a reaction against um, a lot of the stuff on uh, on Twitter and on social media, which is quite nasty and critical, etc. Yeah, just gentle little dad jokes. There's a, a couple. That's of... probably why Strictly Come Dancing and 
Great British Bake Off. I kind of had something about this, but it was part of my circle section and it didn't really fit, so I've not said it. But this seems like a good opportunity, so I'll go for it. So basically, they were saying that the nicest people on the circle, did the nice people Mm. did the best because they were nice and people actually do like nice people. And if you look at like Strictly Come Dancing and Bake Off, they've got more and more popular because for the most part, excusing Sean Walsh's (laughs) kiss get the people are nice people and we just like nice people mm. and it's kind of like it? as i think it's almost as a rebuke of what we talk about a lot of this very anxious time we're living in that we just like to watch nice people dance and nice people bake yeah well, and it's that, kind of like we just want to hear nice funny innocent mm. jerks do you know this is almost exactly what i was saying on uh Hawksby and jacobs on talk sport i was talking about quiz shows and if you go back Maybe three, it's highbrow sports stuff there. Maybe three or four or four years. You've got people like Anne Robinson on quiz shows, mm-hmm. who was always very rude and sarcastic to that, and that became very popular. Now you've got people like uh, Alexander Bradley. Armstrong, well, Bradley Walsh. And Alex- I love Bradley Walsh. I think he's so funny. And Alexander Armstrong, mm. who are almost exaggeratedly nice to the uh, contestants. Yeah, even when they're rubbish, they're still even when they're rub- really precisely. great effort. Like. I'm sure yeah. you've given it, yeah. Precisely. And uh, Alexander Armstrong, so, you know, two people have just given a ridiculous answer and got knocked out. And he says, well, you're great contestants. I'm sure you'll do much better next time. And I always think, well, no, they won't. They thought Brad Pitt was in Star Wars. There's no way. They're morons. They're not going to do better next time. I don't time. think thinking Brad Pitt's in Star Wars makes you a moron. The other point I was making about, uh, about quiz shows on the TV is that it's almost refreshing now when you get a host who's a bit snarky, that Warwick Davis, who does Tenable on... I know I'm watching too much daytime TV, but (laughs) Warwick Davis, who does Tenable on ITV... Warwick Davis? I didn't realise it was Warwick Davis. Yeah, Warwick Davis is the little chap. Uh, (laughs) He definitely cannot say little little chap. Little people. Yeah, a little person is fine, but you can't call someone a little chap because that makes makes you think of like a little bowler hat and stuff. The small uh, height restricted man. No, just the little person. All right, little person. Or dwarf. Dwarfism? N- n- With no, dwarfism, sure he, I thought you could sure say. He, no, I'm not sure whether that is. You know, some people are, are of restricted height for various reasons. I don't think it's always dwarfism. I know the one I that they say might... on the TV programmes, you know, like Little, little Women Atlanta, which is about little people from Atlanta they're just women it's just about their lives I've never heard that. What, they're what all in different places on? they're like little little people little women I think it's little did women did you switch it on initially thinking it was Louisa M. Alcott <laughs> no but just um, so it's little women from Atlanta little women Atlanta but I think they've got the mother they've got like little women California TLC I've not watched it but I just see it trailed sometimes mm. Warwick Davis he's uh, a little person and he does this show called Tenable. And he can be a bit snarky, and it's really refreshing. He had someone last week, and he said, you know, what are your hobbies? And the guy says, oh, I run marathons. I've run the London Marathon. And he said, what time did you do? And he said, oh, five and a quarter hours. And Warwick Davis said, well, you're wearing a big heavy costume, <laughs> which, which I rather liked. Anyway, dad jokes are back in fashion. It's not funny. Dad jokes are back in fashion. For the same reason. It's not funny. No. True. Well, I'll tell you some of the jokes, and you tell me how funny these are. I like it. I like a joke a dad joke what do you call a flirty philosopher um flirty philosopher socrates 
Uh, okay, yeah, funny. That's a cracker joke, isn't it, really? Uh, that's this, what dad jokes are, though. This is on the Reddit discussion website. Jokes that make you laugh and cringe in equal measure, it says. At work, we have a printer. We've nicknamed it Bob Marley because it's always jamming. But I thought I'd, you know, just so you're not so critical of my jokes. I no, 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 no. I've got nothing against a dad joke because they're just, like, not funny, but you know they're not funny. your dad that you've but, got. Exactly. Your very own dad. Your dad who who helped bring you into the world although of course didn't go through all the blood and the vomit and the amniotic fluid well you didn't did. that's what I'm just I'm, no it's it, true though men shouldn't try and take credit no uh, but it, you know I can take credit for the, all the years afterwards well, yeah the last sort of three years I've been pretty much fending for myself you say that I wondered what you thought Ruth of Winston Churchill he was sexist hmm he was in World War Two. Yes. He was a conservative. Mm. He had a pipe. Cigar. Cigar. He um, led us to victory. Against you know who. Um, that's it. That's all I've got. No. Oh, oh, Gary Oldman played him in the film. I'm not talking about it as a film. I'm talking about Churchill. Yeah, no, um, but it's the... based on the film, right? Winston Churchill, based on the film. That's right, yes, totally based on the film. So, Winston Churchill, he's now become a sort of cause celebre, if you like. He's now become an issue. Uh, A retired American astronaut has had Mm -hmm. to apologise. He says you always have to come out and apologise for praising Winston Churchill, quotes, as one of the greatest leaders of modern times. Uh, He got absolute pelters on social media for this. He's a guy called Scott Kelly, who's commanded three expeditions to the International Space Station. Churchill is held responsible by um, some people for the severity of a famine in 1943, in which more than two million died in the Bengal province of what Mm -hmm. was then British India. He gets a lot of flack about Britain's colonial history in India. Yeah. Uh, After a Receiving a he wasn't slew, exactly against colonialism, was he? Not at all. After receiving a slew of critical comments, uh, the astronaut had to apologise, saying Churchill had racist views and uh, was responsible responsible for atrocities. Christina Hoff Sommers, an American academic, replied in support of the astronaut, please don't apologise, she said. Winston Churchill, like all of us, had serious human failings, but unlike most of us, he possessed genuine greatness. And that greatness may have saved freedom and democracy. Ask the Twitter skulls to name a hero or heroine who didn't have serious flaws, etc. Uh, Churchill, as we know, was Prime Minister from 1940 mm-hmm. to 1945. And then later in... 51 19... to 55. 51 to 55. Yeah, um, he was Prime Minister again. Uh, topped a BBC poll in 2002 and was named Greatest Britain uh, of All Time. Uh, However, some historians have said that hundreds of British and Allied ships were sunk in the Indian Ocean in early 1943 and that Churchill sort of diverted food to the British troops that might have saved... Basically, a lot of things... You can can pull out lots of quotes Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, Churchill said about the people that we ruled in the colonies uh, and paint him as uh, a racist, which... He undoubtedly was, but in the values of, you know... It's, He's it's a product very, of his time. Precisely. Yeah. It's very hard to... Uh, I mean, I object to all these statues being pulled down and, you know, protests But then about. also, oh, I don't know, I really still don't know where I sit on this, because it's like, you shouldn't glorify people who were 
I think Churchill's one of the few people you can Yeah, you can. But then I've studied a bit of World War One, like not in detail, but I have studied a bit of a bit of it. And it was so like touch and go whether we were gonna win. Like surprisingly, it really could have gone either way. You know when you talk about like World War One, which one World War Two, sorry. World War Two, yeah. Sorry, guys. World War One slip of the tongue. Also could have gone either way. Yeah, but World War Two even more so probably world war ii really could have gone either way mm. you could argue that stuff that he did didn't affect the winning of it that much well you could argue that you would be wrong in that uh, if you listen to some of the sort of bbc archives there were it was touch and go whether america would join in with us mm-hmm. in in the war and it was clearly the fact that america with all their resources joined they in on won our it side for us, yeah they, well they didn't win it for us no, not for us, it. in some movies they did but in real life uh, it was their participation which helped speed the end of the war. If you listen to some of the speeches that Churchill gave, he gave great one, a great one to the uh, Amer- the Canadian Parliament, actually, went over to Canada, but the message was aimed at America. And he said uh, that Hitler, as said, this was when the uh, the Germans were really on top, Battle of Britain, you know, Dunkirk yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that, right? So the, the Germans were really on top. He w- And Hitler said, we're going to wring the neck of the British like the, like a chicken. We're going to wring the neck of the British like a chicken. Churchill went over, gave a speech in the Canadian Parliament, which his punchline that he finished with was, some chicken, some neck. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sort of speeches that he gave. That roused people. Yeah, I understand that. But you can't excuse everyone just because they're a product of their time. Do you know what I mean? No, but in the same way, really, I've talked about historical abuse in some way. That, you know, if you, once you, the further you go back into, mm-hmm. and we talked about Kavanaugh last week, the further you go back, the harder it is to get to an absolute truth. You get an impression. Kavanaugh, who, despite our best efforts, unbelievable, has been it? elected. America ignored the podcast. I mean, we've put it out there so it goes all over the world, mm. and America still. Has, let's not talk about that because it's just there's nothing you can do by now. No. But what I'm saying is, the further you go back, the harder it is to get to any absolute truth. Okay, so maybe, yes, you should still be able to quote him. Yes, there should be still pictures of him. And yes, you can still say he won the war and there should be statues and whatever. Whether you're ignoring it by saying that Churchill was just a racist and not a great military commander, or by saying that he wasn't a racist. You can't do either. You have to take both of them and you have to look at them as separate things. Yes. Well, you're short of quirk this week. How are we doing for memes? What do you mean, quirk? Short, short of quirk. Oh, at the you beginning, no I thought you meant throughout the whole podcast. I've not... I've got a meme. <laughs> You've got a meme, good. It's picture... If, if you've seen Toy Story 3, three which great. you have, that's, great that's film. The one. Do you know Barbie in Toy Story 3? Yeah, a yeah. great feminist icon. When they're having the argument and stuff and they're lots of the bear is like basically got a dictatorship because it's kind of an an allegory it for is, Stalinist yes, Russia. Yes, it is. Um, and it's a picture of Barbie saying two things, and it just says, so she's saying, authority should derive from the consent of the governed, not from the th- threat of force, and it's got the picture of Barbie. And then someone's just commenting on it, Barbie spitting relevant shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ruthie, let's do our uh, housekeeping. The address, if you want to send us an email, and how much do we love to get emails? And our peer box is... How much do we love to get emails? Lots. 
Martin heaps. heaps. Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. So Martin and Ruth Podcast, mm-hmm. all one word, Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, meanwhile, if you want the music, including if you Talking want the Heads, music, Talking Heads will be on there. Talking Heads and all the music from all the weeks that we've been doing the music. And not just the 20 seconds, the full tracks. The f- no, we didn't, yeah. Then you can find them on Spotify. You can either search Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad, and both of those will get you to us. Excellent. So uh, that'll that'll do it for this week, will it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to say goodbye, farewell. Goodbye. Just to make sure people know it's finished. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.